No Bull. Powered by Earnhardt Auto Centers. For a premier destination near you, head to nobull.com. Here's Chris, Crespin, and Simone. Let's go. Oh, what the? What was, what was that? Yeah, dude, that's all I got. Look, when the Seahawks and the Devils lose in the same weekend, it's tough for me to get hyped up, but I'll do it. Let's go! <laughs> that's a little better. Uh, you know, we rely tough, on man. you to start the program on the right note. And you, when you come at me with you that. Know, well, I know. I almost have to restart the I, entire program. You're going to come at me with something like that. You know, you got to get to, look, especially the people, on a, they, they come to us because they know we're authentic. And mm-hmm. authentically, I'm, 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 I'm still, it's a great Monday. Great day. Uh, great start to the week. But the Devils did lose. And the Seahawks got blown the F out. Oh, we're going to get there. Yesterday. Yeah, we're, we're going to get there in our rapid rundown coming up in about 15 minutes. So just Holy make hell. sure you have uh, all of your thoughts about that football game. Uh, you know, ready to go. Jordan gets coming up in about 15 minutes. But it is no bull with Chris Crespin and Simone minus Chris today. He's actually flying back to New York. His, uh, he's going to go home. For the holiday and and uh, for for Thanksgiving's and be out there for like a month month and a half two months something crazy like that. So Chris will join us on Wednesday's program, but he's actually flying. You can see the picture above me, um, not an actual picture of Schubert. That's just a, a random wing. But he's uh, he's flying back home for uh, for the holiday, so he'll join us on Wednesday. But Schubert Schubert gone doesn't mean the show's going to change at all. Uh, let's find out what is in the lead on a Monday. This is the one they're talking about. I think this might be, Jordan, the feel-good story of the NFL season, and I don't think anything could even come close to passing it. Uh, And it's not great news for one, but it is good news for Alex Smith, who will take over as he's starting quarterback the rest of the season for the Washington football team. Now, I say it's a feel-good story. I mean, it did take somebody having an injury in order for this story to happen, so I guess it's not completely a feel-good story. But for Alex Smith to be back in a starting role in the National Football League with everything he's been in, he's, he's gone through, I should say, when that announcement was made official this morning here on a Monday, uh, that's, that might be the feel-good story of the year. Yeah, absolutely. Look, having been through a couple of uh, ACL injuries myself, I know what it's like to come back from um, you know, a tough injury. But you want to talk about a tough injury? Times that by 10 what he's gone through. The dude's leg was almost amputated. If you've seen pictures, it's all bent, contorted. I mean, it it looked like he was never going to play again. Uh, And now he's back on the field, almost leads them back to win the game. Uh, Really impressive. you got to be happy for him, his entire family, and his friends. Uh, Just an inspiring story. So he'll be the starter the rest of the year with Allen, the ankle injury he had yesterday, which yeah, wasn't, and, wasn't, and wasn't good. You hate to see an injury no. for anybody. Uh, and we're talking about a feel-good story here, but we do have to remember it did take an injury, a significant one, to yeah. put Alex Smith back into a starting role in Washington. But um, Haskins being overlooked, is that interesting to you? Or I mean, I, I think we yeah, all yeah, think the writing think... is on the wall there in, in terms of his future in yeah. Washington. You know? Yeah, I think they're going to try to move on from him. I think he just he, he wasn't drafted for that system, yep. uh, and you know maybe he's he's will be used better elsewhere. Uh, that remains to be seen. But yeah, you know, you, you, tough, tough. Uh, you know, really, I was going to say tough break, but it's an ankle dislocation for Kyle Allen, and it looked it looked gnarly if you saw it. Yep. Uh, so obviously, we're just we hope the best for him, a local kid from Arizona, um, who's really surprised. I played against him actually when he was a freshman at Texas A&M 
Um, and having played against him, I did not think he would have the career he did. But man, did he get better and better and better. Uh, and couldn't be couldn't be happier for him. Hopefully he gets healthy. Seems like his from his Instagram post, he's in positive spirits. So he'll get back and he'll get another chance. Christian McCaffrey could miss more time now with a shoulder injury. Just unfortunate hit after hit for Christian McCaffrey this year. After getting paid, uh, it, it just can't seem to stay healthy for for Carolina, who was in that football game against Kansas City down to the wire yesterday, surprisingly. Oh, my god! That does not make our rapid rundown, but I think it's worth a mention. That was uh, Teddy Teddy Bridgewater and company making uh, making yeah. the Chiefs sweat up to an early lead or yeah. out to an early lead and then uh, almost came through with a, a late, long field goal attempt. But it was uh, they were right there when it was all said and done. Yeah, they're a different team with Christian McCaffrey, and you know, you just you hope he's not hurt. He's one of the league's best players, but this goes back to the argument about paying running backs. Yeah, you know, it's what is the window for them to be successful? Three years, and then they start getting nicks and bruises and banged up, and Christian McCaffrey comes off one injury only to get you know a little shoulder. So you hope he's healthy, um, but you know what? If I'm Carolina, I'm, this this year is you know you're not making the playoffs. You're you're going to be, you know, getting a good draft pick. So maybe just keep your stud out until you know he's fully healthy. I know he wants to get in there because he's a competitor. Um, but, yeah, Teddy Bridgewater and company almost went into Arrowhead and stole one from the Chiefs. I was shocked. I thought the Chiefs were going to win this game by 20. Couldn't believe it. Um, so Saturday night, as we go through what's in the lead here on a Monday of Noble with Chris Crespin and Simone powered by Earnhardt Auto Centers, I want to get your opinion being somebody who's played in big games. Did any did, at any time in your career was the field stormed after a football game? Did the fans storm the field uh, yes. ever? Okay, they did. What's that like yeah. as a from a player's perspective? Because I want to get into what happened at Notre Dame this weekend. I think some uh, some field storming protocols were broken, and there's also an interesting memo now coming out from Notre Dame's president John Jenkins, but what, from a player's perspective, are you just trying to get the hell out of there? What's your mindset when the field's getting stormed? Well, during a pandemic, it might be to get the hell out of there, but right. not during a pandemic. I remember I was actually at Washington State. I was a true freshman, and we had just beat Arizona State. Uh, Arizona State came to Washington State. They were ranked. It was Brock Osweiler's year. Uh, they were a super talented team. I think we were had like one or two wins. We were terrible, and we beat them in the snow. Fans rushed the, cra uh, uh, the, the, uh, the field after the game. It was an awesome experience. Um, man, you just want to stay out there as long as you can. But if you're the That's fourth, it. if you're the fourth, and let's go to Notre Dame, what happened this weekend? Big win over Clemson, right? Four versus number one. You knock off the number one team in the country, and the fans storm the field. A couple things. Remove the pandemic because that was you, you're in the middle of a pandemic. It's ridiculous to storm the field anyway. But you're the first of all, you're Notre Dame. You're the number four. You're the number four team in the country, and you beat the number one team who had their backup quarterback. What the hell are you storming the field for? Like when I was a kid <laughs> growing up, it was storming the field was meant for something big, right? Like ASU knocking off Nebraska. You know, it, yeah. those kind of moments. You storm the field, you rip the damn goalpost down, everybody parties. Not when you're number four. You should expect to be able to win those football games. Why are we storming the yeah. field when you're the number four team in the country and you're Notre Dame? Have the expectations at Notre Dame fallen so far that when you beat a team with their backup quarterback at home, that's a field storming moment? Has Notre Dame's expectations yeah. fallen that far? I thought the whole thing was ridiculous. The whole thing. Yes, 
Brian Kelly has never beat a top five team. And so I could see why they might want to storm the field because this has never happened for them in a long time. Brian Kelly never beat a top five team. So for them, yes, you're, you're fourth in the country. Yes, you should act like you've been there before, but it's never happened. Uh, let, let Notre Dame have this moment because it's been a while since they had a good moment like this. I personally, if I was a fan of Notre Dame, I would be like, great, we beat a team without the number one quarterback in the country. We should what does expect, that mean? We should expect to win that yeah. game, right? So now let's bring yeah. the pandemic back into the conversation because that's, that's probably where we should have started anyway. Uh, but Notre Dame's president sent a memo to all students at Notre Dame. This is from President John Jenkins. And it's telling students that they, if they leave the South Bend area and they do so without receiving their exit test, they're mandating that everybody get tested now, that they will, they will, uh, he is threatening to hold the uh, registration of these students if they leave South Bend without their, their, uh, their test. Here's their, here's the exact memo here. It says, as exciting as last night's victory against Clemson was, it was very disappointing to see evidence of widespread disregard of our health protocols at many gatherings over the weekend. After consulting with Dr. Mark Fox, St. Joseph County's deputy health officer, we have determined that we must take the following steps. And they lay out three steps, one of them mandating that everybody now takes a test and gets cleared. If they don't do so, they will they will hold the reg a registration hold would be put on the students who are who do not uh, follow the the new protocols and they're also telling everybody if you leave South Bend area uh, and or, or if you if you you may not leave the South Bend area until you receive the results of your exit test uh, and again they'll put a registration hold on your record if you do so uh, a little much yes yes this is way too much this is ridiculous it's getting out of hand. Uh, you know, what's funny is you see the media, uh, and not to get too political here, but you see the media tweet out, um, you know, when President Biden was elected, there's people, you know, in the streets partying, everybody next to each other in front of the White House partying. And, you know, media tweets, oh, this is so great. Look at everybody, you know, celebrating. That same person that tweeted, like, this is great. There, it shows a big picture of people outside the White House. Then tweets a picture of the Notre Dame game when they rush the field and go, Oh, this is really good during a pandemic. Like, come on, guys. Come on. What are we doing here? This is just silly. This is stupid. It's getting out of hand. Look, people, you got to do what you're going to do. If you get sick, you're going to get sick. You're probably going to be fine. But enjoy it. Enjoy being a college student. And even if that's for five minutes rushing the field, I get it, man. There's been a lot of shit going on this year. Yeah. Go enjoy it. The only, the only... You're not going to test every student. No, you can't. The only pushback that I have is like, okay, how bad is this going to look now if, the, if if Notre Dame's team ends up with a positive case or two this week? You may have nothing to do with this. Yeah. You know what I mean? But it's just going to be bad optics. Real quick, as we wrap it up. It might, might not be a bad thing for him, though. Get a, get a week off. Relax. <laughs> heal up the body yeah, after Clemson. Uh, right. Okay. Yeah, that might just, be a strategy. You're, you're number three in the league, undefeated. Hey, we, know we got a COVID test, so we're going to take a week off before the, before the ACC championship. Wind up not getting in the ACC championship because of uh, missing a game, maybe. Who knows? Uh, final story here in the lead as we wrap up what's, what's making headlines here on a Monday. Chase Elliott becomes the third youngest driver to win a NASCAR Cup title right here in her own backyard at Phoenix Raceway. Uh, and this dude had everything up against him when that race started, Jordan. He failed a pre-race inspection 
and the penalty yeah, actually cost him the pole position. He was sent to the rear of the pack, raced his way through traffic in the first stage, took control of the championship, never looked back. So congratulations, Chase Elliott. That's he, cool. Uh, yeah, the, the uh, third youngest driver to ever win a NASCAR Cup title. It was a heck of a Saturday afternoon for Ricky the Bobby. Sun Devils. <laughs> Ricky Bobby, who wants to go fast? Uh, a heck of an afternoon for the Sun Devils for about 55 minutes, Jordan. For about 55 minutes, all was well. You and I on the work in the broadcast, the whole room was feeling pretty good Devastated. about ourselves for about 55 minutes, and then it all turned. We'll break down exactly what happened, and we'll talk some Sun Devil football next. But first, Jordan. I got to tell you about my friends, our friends, really, I should say, over at Earnhardt Auto Center's and noble.com with uh, the pandemic we're finding new ways to uh to get to the customers uh at earnhardt if you go to noble.com click the express tab you can literally have a car drove to your front door and test drive it for the day they will bring it to you um you can do the financing online once you want to purchase the car they make it super simple right now and look whether wherever you are in the valley earnhardt's going to have you covered uh, whether you're north, south, east, west, wherever it may be, Earnhardt family has got your back. Noble.com. Click that express tab. Test drive a car tomorrow, today, whenever you're feeling like it. Give them a call. Noble.com. That ain't no bull. Well, with two minutes and 59 seconds left on the clock, the Arizona State Sun Devils had a 13-point lead on USC Saturday. You've probably seen what happened. Here on a Monday as we record this program, a ball bounces the Trojans' way with a tipped 26-yard touchdown reception. The onside kick bounces their way. Another fourth down touchdown comes after that, and the Sun Devils not able to get themselves in position for the game-winning field goal attempt. And they fall to the Trojans 28-27 at the Coliseum. Jordan, there's a whole lot to unpack in this football game. A whole lot of good and a whole lot of bad that was... uh, all really within that last three-minute stretch there. 90 seconds, the Trojans score twice and find a way to win that football game. I, how much is this a setback? See, look, I, I, I went two ways, right? You and I were doing the broadcast on Saturday with the Sun Devil Radio Network with Tim Healy and, and Rapper and the gang, Jeff Munn. And uh, I left the building feeling, like, dejected. Like, man, how big of a yeah. football game was that in a season where the schedule is only seven games max? You don't even know how many football games you're going to get. Um, it's going to be difficult to, if you lose that game to USC to make up ground, because again, you don't know how many games you're going to get. You don't, you know what I mean? That was such a big football game. But then when you got home, when I got home, I took a deep breath and I tweeted this out too. There's an awful lot to be excited about with the Sun Devils where very few times you go to the Coliseum and push around the Trojans in the trenches. And for the majority of that football game, the Sun Devils did just that. They ran for over 250 yards with a a very, very young group of running backs. Uh, They had three sacks. They had seven tackles for loss. They were putting pressure, uh, you know, creating pressure all game long defensively and just winning the trenches for a good portion of that football game. So a part of me wants to feel good about a lot of what we saw, but it's awful hard to get over the sting of the way that football game ended. Yeah, just the way it ended, man. It was uh, that was a tough pill to swallow, and it was tough for us to, you know, to, I had to do the post game show after with Jeff Munn. Yeah, I mean, you're sitting in there listening to us too. It's like, man, to just to to have to go through that, and you know, to hear all the ASU fans call in. You know, a couple of them hammered drunk, 
um, saying God knows what, and then a couple of them bringing up some really good points. Also, yep. I think what what made what made me a lot happier was having two former players call in and Demarius Randall and Brandon McGee after the show randomly, which is really funny. Um, but yeah, man, I for for the the really three quarters of that game, I was so impressed with what ASU did to USC going into the game. We talked about how USC would probably dominate the line of scrimmage with their size, the athleticism that they had, but they really didn't. The defensive line, uh, uh, Michael Matus, the moose, as I'm trying to make his nickname, he got after him in the pass rush. We wondered why Tyler Johnson wasn't starting at the defensive end position. It's because Michael Matus is a moose. The guy is a moose. Like Sean, I see you right now. You got horns behind your head. He's like that. The dude is the dude's Just was an animal and got after him. They were able to rush the passer early, made Keaton Slovis really uncomfortable. He had some bad throws to start the game. Dropped interception. Um, we knew it was going to be sloppy going into it because they hadn't played anybody in so long. Uh, but I thought ASU looked really good. Their defensive uh, the, the defense looked phenomenal, in my opinion. I mean, until the end of that game, they were creating turnovers. Uh, they were stopping the run. Uh, for the most part, I, th- I thought they looked really good. And then their secondary was really impressive, even without Ashari Crosswell, who is their, you know, is their star safety. Evan Fields had 17 tackles, two forced fumbles. That dude is a stud. He'll get drafted this year. Um, and then Chase Lucas and Jack Jones look really good. But then, you know, you saw that those first game injuries start to come out. You know, the, the cramps, Jack Jones cramps up. That hurts the team. Uh, Evan Fields is out towards the end of the game. Uh, I don't know what the reason that he was out, but he stepped out and then they throw a touchdown to Drake London to uh, to take the lead. And so this is just a game that you look at and you go, shit, man, this one hurts. And I don't I don't know if ASU will be able to bounce back from this type of loss. I really it really worries me. I hope that they're uh, they can flush it, learn from it, move on. But I don't think USC is a team that's going to go undefeated the way that they played. That we, I mean, they look terrible. I mean, ASU made them look really bad. They manhandled them on the offense and defensive line. They ran the ball down their throat. ASU was able to run for 250 yards. Yeah. Um, and so I, I, I was walked out of that game going, yeah, that sucks. But the future, man, of this team over the next two years, you got a legit team that 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 could make a Rose Bowl, that could make a playoff. Um, and one other point, I I rewatched some of the game. The, the onside kick, Merlin Robertson had the football. I don't it, know if you've gone back and watched it. I have because you pointed. You actually it. you pointed that out in, during our broadcast. You saw that right away. Yeah. And if you look yeah. at because again we're broadcasting from here to pull the curtain back a little bit. We're not at this. We're not traveling like most no broadcast team from the Pac-12 is, and you know most around the country aren't. But we're watching it from here, so we got two different feeds. And you must you saw I think the act the Fox feed. I was looking at the one we were getting from the stadium, uh, and you you brought that up right away. So yeah, I did go back and watch it, and it yeah. it's a hard thing because it's the tough. ball gets ripped out, and you kept saying, "Well, they blew the whistle dead. That should be an inadvertent whistle. They blew it dead." Because he Merlin rips the ball out, but it's hard to say who has it, and yeah. you know, the, and it's, it's kind of like the, he ahead. had it. He was the one that had it, and he was pulling out, and then as he's trying to pull out, the ball comes loose, and either it's our ball, either it's ASU ball, or it's still live ball, and they blew it dead, and then it's a rekick. And and so I, I mean, look, Pac-12 refs are going to do what Pac-12 refs are going to do. But in my opinion, they blew that play dead way too early. 
if they would have let it go, USC would have still got the ball because there was five guys standing where the ball came out. But Merlin Robertson, I believe, had the ball when they blew it dead. Um, and they didn't see it. They ran in and blew it dead, thinking that the ball was at the bottom of that pile, and it wasn't. It was like it Mer- wasn't. Merlin so, was laying on top of a Trojan, and they both kind of had it. So like, if you're an official and you yeah. run in and you see that, you see Merlin pulling at it, and he's on top of a Trojan who also I don't has know, his arms Sean. around it. Because if you know, go bro. back and watch the replay, it looks like Merlin gets his, gets his hands on the ball first, right? But then yeah, he's laying on top yeah. of somebody. So, I mean, I, I could see why the whistle would be blown or they wouldn't go back and look but at I it. But I don't think that they saw it. That he what that he had the ball. I don't ball. think the refs saw it. I would agree. Yeah, I don't I would think agree. the refs knew where it was. That's why they blew it dead. Uh, and I, if I'm Herm Edwards, I'm I'm showing that play to the Pac-12 and saying this cost us a football game. Yeah, but what is that? The we, lack of because that happens every week in the NFL and in college football where you 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 submit plays. Um, I don't know if yeah. people know that coaches submit plays every week that they they have a, a gripe with, uh, or almost every week. Uh, and you usually get the notice from the league. Yeah, sorry, sorry, we missed that one. Th- yeah, that's what happens. So there, it, to me, it's it's kind of a yeah. moot point. You well, know what I mean, well, I think it's good because the refs learn from a moment like that and can sure. be better next time. Sure. So you have to bring that up, and you you know you can't let that just get pushed around. And let the refs do whatever they want. Uh, those guys got to be held accountable too. Sure. Uh, but yeah, I think you know at the end of the day. ASU had to had to finish that game out and they didn't. And USC had three incredibly lucky bounces go their way. Uh, and it had to go perfect for them. In fact, ASU, they said, had a 99.9 chance percent of winning the game. Yeah, it was an ESPN and, uh, predictor. In the last three minutes, uh, they, they lose. And I, I, I'm still shocked. I still can't believe that they lost. Uh, they dominated the whole entire game. Make created turnovers left and right. I was tweeting the game with five minutes left, like this shit's over. Uh, but sure enough, <laughs> yeah, so it was your fault. It. So it's your fault. You jinxed the whole bummer. thing. You jinxed the whole thing. I it's guess, man. I'll, I'll um, take the blame. I don't let me, care. Let me ask you this: as a player, um, you said you hope this doesn't derail the season, right? That type of a loss. Uh, yeah. What would be better for ASU? I would assume. Because this football game for, for Saturday night is up in the air right now, whether or not it's going to happen, whether or not Cal's going to get the clearance to play football, uh, or, or whether or, or they may, maybe they lose their, their second consecutive game and ASU doesn't have their home opener. What's better from a player's perspective? Getting your ass back on the field as soon as possible when something like that happens or being able to take time, move forward? Like What's better to have a week off or get to, to get right back on the field? Get back right into it. I would yeah, have to get agree. back, start preparing for another team. Uh, a loss like that stings for for a while. The reason I say I hope it doesn't linger is because that is it is such a catastrophic loss for their season. Uh, they win that game outright, twenty seven to fourteen or whatever the score was. Uh, we're sitting here talking about ASU as a potential Pac twelve champion playoff contender. They look that good. I mean, they USC was a team going into the to the year that there were articles about USC. This is the real USC team. They're back. They're finally going to be here. And ASU went into the Coliseum and whooped that ass for three and a half quarters. I mean, not not just, I mean, they dominated them physically. What, As you mentioned, what team goes into the Coliseum and dominates USC physically? Yeah. Uh, I, mean, I haven't seen it in a long time. No, I'm either, you know, and I know that that's an emphasis for, for coach Herm and the staff and while in, in recruiting is they need to get bigger and they need to get stronger. And, um, you know, you need to be able to, 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 to 
have the type of talent on your roster that can do just that with some of the bigger, you know, the Utahs of the world, the USC's of the world, where they just yeah. got big, physical, strong athletes. Uh, and they were able to do that. You know, I mean, I remember the first year uh, I was with the Sun Devil Radio Network, Jordan, um, and uh, Derek Hagan was in your spot, now on the coaching staff, but he was in your spot. Yeah. And we were on the field, uh, which is the sideline analyst, for those that don't know. Um, so I, we, him and I were on the field just, just talking before the game, and we're watching the two teams warm up, and you're looking over at, a, at ASU, and this is five or six years ago now, but you're looking over at ASU, and you're looking over at USC, and just from a physical, you know, just the, the, the size, strength, everything, you looked at the two and just said, no way. They're, they go, this <laughs> There's no way this is a mismatch yeah. from the get go. Like if you were to remove the jerseys from 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 everybody, uh, remove yourself from the Coliseum and just watch the two teams get off the bus, 99 out of 100 would have took you know USC just watching them get off the bus. Uh, that's yeah. changing. You're starting to see that change with the recruiting, bigger, stronger athletes at 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 uh, especially in the trenches on both sides of the football. So we'll see where it goes. I'll tell you one thing that is going to be a struggle. I think most of this year. And that's going to be getting Jaden Daniels on the same page with some of these young wide receivers. When Darby went out with the with the rib injury, it just the passing game just didn't have anything there. You could see the rhythm is just yeah. not there. The timing on a lot of the you know a, a lot of routes is all about timing, especially when you're throwing into zone coverages, and you can just see that it was not there. Yeah, they tried to get the ball to uh, Johnny Wilson too much, in my opinion. Big six seven freshman who flipped his commit from Oregon to ASU. Supposed to be big time. Um, look, I'm 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 big on uh I'm big on like judging a player once they get into the show. You know, once they get into these big games, not off high school. And uh, some of these guys, you know, look, they're freshmen. It's tough to come in and play as a freshman. It really is, and to adjust to the speed of the game and the physicality of it. But in my opinion, they they're putting Johnny Wilson in a position that he is not fit for. He's a tight end. He needs to be a tight end. Um, not trying to throw him the ball in the flat to make a guy miss. That's not his game. His game is running a 10-yard stop route or sitting in zone somewhere, um, similar to when you watch an NFL tight end. Uh, so it, that's that's what they need to do to adjust is you know make him more of a threat vertically. Um, and then get the ball to some of your more experienced guys. Ricky Pearsall. I thought LV Bunkley Shelton, who's also a freshman, looked good. He wasn't afraid of the moment. Um, but... Their passing game wasn't there, and give credit to USC for that. I guess their they, their secondary played them tough, uh, and Frank Darby obviously getting hurt early uh, didn't help. Uh, but what what can you do? They were running the football so well. Um, continue to pound the rock, man, and uh, and run play action. Jaden Jaden attacked him with his with his legs really well. He had over a hundred rush yards. So uh, yeah, just you know, it's a tough pill to swallow. It's a tough game. But if you're ASU, if I'm a player at ASU right now, all you can do is move on to the next one. Start focusing for Cal. Make the corrections from from USC and understand that USC will probably lose. So you'll have a chance. You just have to get lucky. They have to lose twice and you have to win out now. So um, that's all. You got to just control what you can control. Move forward, which I know Herm will get them right. Uh, but yeah, this is just it's a tough one for the fans, too, because it, it was right there. And final thought, uh, if ASU plays Cal, and I keep saying if because they were under the 53-man um, scholarship number they had to be at last week because of contact tracing. And if you haven't heard, uh, the rules in the county were Cal Berkeley up there, uh, 14 days for anybody who is deemed a high-risk contact tracing. So that would, in theory, unless there's uh. some kind of loopholes, unless there's some kind of loopholes, that would keep them under that number 
through ASU and Cal's scheduled game, which, by the way, was announced this morning for 8.30 local time. So Pac-12 after dark, 8.30 local time on ESPN2, if that game is going to be played. It wasn't just the Devils who had a tough loss over the weekend. The Arizona Cardinals come out of the bye week struggling as well. We'll get into that as well as some of the other bigger games throughout your football Sunday yesterday with our rapid rundown coming up here on Noble with Chris Crespin and Simone. Uh, Simone, Manscaped, proud partner of No Bull with Chris Crespin and yes. Simone. And uh, you can see it at the bottom of the screen on the ticker there when you're watching the video of this particular broadcast. Uh, use the promo code NOBULL at manscaped.com. That's one word, all capital, No Bull. You got 20% off and free shipping as well. And Manscaped, Jordan, you've got one. I've got one. I'm holding it up to the screen right now, as a matter of fact. It's going to be part of our, our uh, full-grown man salute coming up at the end of the program, powered by Manscaped. But they have uh, they have redesigned the electric trimmer. They've perfected it. Engineers have come together and perfected the electric trimmer, the best, the greatest ball hair trimmer ever created. Um <laughs> It's got this, I'm telling you, my favorite part, this light. I'm showing it to the screen right now. It's got this, this LED light on it. You're, you you don't know what you've been missing until you have the light to show you exactly what you've been missing. And it's just been a sensational it's product. Um, we, we all use it here on Noble with Chris Crespin and Simone. You can too. Head over to manscaped.com. Again, 20% off and free shipping. Manscaped.com. Use the promo code NOBULL at checkout. And you got 20% off and free shipping. Great products for the holiday season coming up for the man in your life. Right, Jordan Simone? Time for the rapid reaction from the weekend, our rapid rundown from some of the bigger games in the National Football League, and we'll wrap things up with the Cardinals and the Dolphins and get into everything that that game gave us yesterday. But let's start with the Seahawks heading to Buffalo. Now, correct me if I'm wrong, but Pete Carroll, Russell Wilson, they've traveled from west to east and won 10 consecutive ball games in the the time zone that West Coast teams usually struggle in, that's usually not a thing for them. But I look up early in that football game, and it's 14 to nothing out of the shoot. I'm telling you, Jordan, that defense is an yeah. absolute joke in Seattle, and I don't care oh. how amazing Russ Wilson is. Nobody's going to be able to carry 16 games or, a play, or through the postseason completely on their back at the quarterback position. I mean, he had one drive. Didn't score, and he's down 14 nothing. He has to almost be perfect for the Seattle team to uh, to win consistently. And, and when you go up against a good football yeah. team like the Bills, that's just not going to happen. That defense has got a lot of problems. Yeah, man, where do I even begin on this? I was watching this game yesterday. I'm just pissed off, man. Like The, the, the system that they have there uh, and have had for a long time has been really successful, but they're uh, – I don't know where even start here. It's so bad. Historically in the NFL, this is the worst defense in NFL history. I cannot believe that a Pete Carroll coach team like this is having such bad issues. You get Jamal Adams back and they still, I mean, you got guys not competing. Quinton Dunbar, their corner is getting toasted. He's burnt toast on the outside. You got guys running comebacks on comebacks on comebacks. Yeah, you didn't get beat deep, but you're giving up 15 yards of play, bro. Also, uh, <laughs> people have been getting on them. They have no pass rush. They have no pass rush. Yeah. Josh Allen's getting the ball out in two seconds to wide open receivers, three seconds. He's doing his job. He's getting the ball out quick. The corners are not competing. The secondary is so terrible, so god-awful, that they're getting beat worse in NFL history. I don't understand 
I, I don't know what they need to do. They need to fire somebody. Somebody needs to get canned. They need to move on from somebody. This is atrocious. You can't be calling especially for Especially as a jobs. Seattle Seahawks. Oh, I'm calling for somebody. I don't know who it is. It's not. It's not Pete Carroll. It's. It's. I don't even know if it's. If it's a coaching issue. Well, Pete Carroll I just think got it's a personnel issue. Pete Carroll just got himself a, a fancy five-year extension yesterday. It's going to make him the head As coach he of the Seahawks yeah, he until he's it. seventy-four years old. So no, he definitely does deserve he, it. He but, deserves it. Uh, for the Arizona Cardinals, the door was wide open, and we're going to get to the Cardinals at the end of our rapid rundown here. Um, wide open. Seattle swung that door wide open, and they weren't able to take yeah. advantage of it. We'll get there in a moment. But yesterday, one of the more Odd finishes of the weekend. The Las Vegas Raiders hang on to beat the Chargers 31-26. to And did you see how that game ended, Jordan, with a would-be yes. go-ahead game-winning touchdown? Herbert's sensational, by the way. It would have been his third touchdown of the day. Um, unfortunately for the Chargers, the ball slips through the hands of the receiver. It touches the ground. Right, right call. Uh, they, they go and review it overturned Raiders win 31 26 and just a wild finish for the Chargers yet again this is a football team that has blown three three leads of 16 points or more they were down 11 yesterday they thought they were going to be on the other side of this finally and it was overturned yeah such a close play that that final play where the ball just barely hits the ground it comes out uh, you, you feel for it but Justin Herbert and Joe Burrow are up for rookie of the year I mean those two have have played lights out and herbert is really surprised i know both of us after watching him play at oregon for a couple years uh, i've been really impressed what he's been able to do uh and man for once i think in a a long time the the chargers are feeling really faithful about what they got going uh you know with their quarterback and the receivers running backs and all of that Uh, speaking of running backs can we give a shout out to our 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 boy go devils caitlin balaz yesterday 15 carries 69 yards had a touchdown had a couple of grabs as well for another 15 yards look look really good look that was the most comfortable he's looked since he got to the league i thought uh he he just looked comfortable within that offense and only being there for a short time it was kind of surprising to see so uh, a football game that went exactly like everybody everybody had anticipated. This game played out exactly like we thought, Jordan. The Pittsburgh Steelers having to come from behind late in the fourth quarter to beat the Dallas Cowboys 24-19 with uh, with Gilbert at quarterback. That game played out exactly like we all anticipated yesterday, didn't it? I didn't even know that Gilbert was still in the league. I didn't know he was still <laughs> Nobody playing. Nobody did. There. It was 2014. He looked good, though, man. Sixth-round pick uh, for, the, for the Rams. Uh, from 2014. He some life. He did. 21 to 38. 21 to 38. 243 yards. He had a touchdown. He had the one pick, which was in the end zone. It was a brutal play. But if you look at it, there yeah. was a, a clear holding on the play by in the secondary by the Steelers that was not called. Um, just that was a that was a that was a tough moment for for Garrett Gilbert. But he played well for the Cowboys, who hung in there, and the Steelers escape having uh, having played nowhere near their best football of the season. Uh, speaking of not playing your best football. The hell happened to the Tampa Bay Bucks last night, dude? Holy shit. <laughs> this is unreal. Couldn't have said it better myself, my friend. Unbelievable. Every coach has a, a bad matchup for him. Like, every team has bad matchups. Coaches do, too. Is yeah. Sean Payton going to be Bruce Arians' kryptonite? Because it's starting to look that way. It's it starting sure to look out-coached, that way. Outcoached. They extremely out-coached, out-coached yesterday. Yeah, you can't even say it enough. I mean, outplayed every facet of the game. Defense, special teams, offense. They were they got their ass whooped all up and down that field. Three points is what the most potent offense 
in the National Football League scored yesterday. They they get Antonio Brown, Mike Evans, Chris Godwin. They have uh, Leonard Fournette, Ronald Jones, Tom Brady. They couldn't put up a touchdown against the Saints, who who now are in the division lead and control that division. And oh look, yeah, in the NFC, it's all it's all bets off. Who knows who's the best Wide team open, in the dude. NFC? It's just what? who's going to be hot. That's what I was saying and a couple. Right now, it looks like the Saints. I was saying that a couple weeks ago. Remember, like there's no clear cut favorite, and I thought it was going to yeah. be the Bucks because the last month. They've looked like the most complete football team. The defense was outstanding. Brady looked like he was finding his rhythm within Bruce Arians' offense. Gronk all of a sudden has his football legs underneath him, and it just looked like they were the most complete team in the, in the conference. Nope. <laughs> I have no idea. No idea where to look uh, in the NFC right now. So that's this, that's, this, that's this week's rapid reaction. Easy for me to say. Now, let's dive into the Arizona Cardinals, the Miami Dolphins, the game that was touted to be Tua- versus Kyler uh both quarterbacks showed out yesterday but the Arizona Cardinals you want to talk about sloppy I don't know how much of that football game you got to watch yesterday Jordan but you want to talk about sloppy coming out of the bye week and this is something these that the Cardinals really talked about an awful lot over the course of the last two weeks during the break but you come out Kyler Murray tries to do a little bit too much he fumbles scoop and score they had I know they had seven penalties that show up in the box score but that's just because there was a handful that were either offset or declined penalty after penalty in bad situations. And two, like just bad moments for penalties. They had two encroachments and a face mask that led to a touchdown at one point, just ugly football for the Arizona Cardinals. For the most part, Kyler did his thing and looked sensational at moments, but for the most part, that was just an ugly football game by the Arizona Cardinals yesterday. Yeah. Look, Kyler's a future MVP candidate, if not this year candidate. I mean, the dude's, is is special i tweeted this yesterday but he looks like he's playing recess with fifth graders when he's running around the ball right. holding it with one hand nobody yeah. can get a hand on him i mean it's having played against him when he was a freshman in college i i have seen firsthand how quick this kid is he i mean obviously he's grown and got even better uh but super impressed he went 21 to 26 283 yards three touchdowns he also ran for over 100 yards in a touchdown i mean that's just stupid numbers that's numbers lamar jackson was putting up in his uh in his mvp year but I was impressed with the Miami Dolphins, dude. Holy cow! They got a defense. They got they got the a defense is legit. Now. This That's is a, a team yeah. that you cannot sleep on anymore. No. This is a team that could win the division. They're five. I mean, and if three. Tua keeps playing the way he did, yeah, they're five and three, and they've won. I think now four straight. They've won four or uh, I think it's four th- of their last five. Yes, four of their last yes. five. They've won. Yeah, uh, and Tua twenty of twenty eight, two hundred forty eight yards, two TDs. He did enough. I mean. Really impressed. This is a, a defense uh, in Miami that that is not we're not used to seeing them. I mean, they're well coached, and we knew that the Cardinals weren't going to get it easy uh, with Miami coming over here, traveling this way, and uh, they came to play. Man, the Cardinals look sloppy as you mentioned, um, and I think you know we talked about this last week. Is they're a, they're an immature team. They're just a, still a young football team. Andy Isabella, you know, not making good decisions, not getting that first down. Um, you know, trying to backtrack, do too much. I mean, situational football comes from a mature team. Guys that have, have experience have been playing for a while. Um, and you just, you don't see it right now. I also, you got Larry Fitzgerald. You got Larry who does a lot of good things. Um, you know, I thought Chase Edmonds looked, looked solid. Uh, you're still looking for that, that pop at running back, you know, like you had with Kenyon last year. Um, but yeah, I mean, Miami just came in and, and wanted it more. It looked like. 
You know, it, it, yeah, well, right out of the gate, you get the scoop and score, and so you're playing from behind to begin with. But um, for me, you talked about a situational football, and I wanted to get your thoughts on on some of the play calling from Cliff Kingsbury. I, I'm all for being aggressive in the right moments, right? They got – yesterday, I think they were two for three on third down, but one of them you got bailed out on when it, the play was blown up and Kyler's just backpedaling and he and he he chucks it downfield. It was a, it was a uh, it looked like it was a designed run for Kyler because they wind up the Cardinals do with an illegal man downfield. Usually that means a lineman was expecting was the run, quarterback yeah. to be running the football, but Kyler play was blown up. Kyler's backpedaling. He chucks it downfield, and luckily for the Cardinals and for Kyler Murray, uh, you had a PI called on that on that play as well so it was offsetting penalties you had the illegal man downfield they had the pi and you got to line it up again and kyler got the edge and they got the first down so they got bailed out on one of the fourth down uh, oper- uh yeah. attempts and then they don't get it later on in the game going the other direction when they try to hand the ball to edmonds and he gets stopped it's to me it's you gotta you gotta pick and choose the moments a little bit better if you're if you're cliff kingsbury and i also find it odd that you're you're so willing to roll the dice on those fourth downs, and then yet when it gets tight, when the game gets tight late, you're kicking long field goals, and you're seeing them come up short for uh, for, for for Zane Gonzalez yesterday as well. And you saw that in the mm. Seattle game where you had a, you had another short, you know, you, you kick it on second down instead of you know trying to pick up a few more yards, and you miss that field goal. So I just find it odd in his play calling situationally, you know, the fourth down attempts that you 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 do want to take, the ones you don't want to take. Um, I think they take too many of them to be perfectly honest. I might be an old school football kind of guy. So maybe I'm, maybe that's why I'm, I'm, I'm feeling that, that kind of way, but you got lucky on a few of them yesterday. Um, and I just, I don't understand why you're so willing to go for it in those moments. But then when the game's on the line, you, you're not showing the same trust in your offense. I don't know. The play calling yeah. to me just seems, it just seems skeptical. Yeah, you know, I think he does have a lot of trust in Kyler and and his ability to make plays with his legs if there's nothing there, uh, because that's the hardest thing to do as a defense is to is to not only try to stop all these receivers running routes, but you know try to get the blitz and then the quarterback escapes and runs for twenty yards. You know, and that's Kyler's specialty. He ran for over hundred yards yesterday, and so I, I think you know that's where Cliff's coming from there. But yeah, I, I think you bring up a great point. At the end of the game, why not try to get you know ten more yards to twenty more yards? Instead of uh, just just saying nope, let's try to kick it so there's no mistakes. Well, that was the Seattle have some game. more trust there. Yeah, yesterday yeah. it was it, you you know you threw the ball on third and one. Kyle, Kyler rolls to his right, doesn't doesn't quite get enough on the ball. It you know his pass comes up short. You got fourth and one. You've already gone for it three times. You know you now you're not going to trust now you're not going to trust your offense to get that yard. So you go ahead and kick the field goal and it comes up short. Dolphins go down and win the game. You know, or at that point the Dolphins run out the clock and win the game. Um, so to me, it's the timing of it. Like it it doesn't feel like there's any method to his madness in terms of when he does or doesn't go for it. It feels like it's more of like a a gut feeling. Um, and some have worked out. Some of them haven't. You've seen twice now in late game situations where maybe you should have picked up a few more yards against Seattle, where maybe you could have gone for that, that, uh, that, that one yard on fourth and one and not kick such a long field goal for Zane, which is, it was within his disc. It was within his his realm but yeah uh, it just feels like the play calling to me is extremely suspect at times with cliff kingsbury and coming out of the bye week i gotta be honest i was a little bit disappointed to see how sloppy they played the amount of penalties they had and the the early turnover kyler trying to do too much it just felt like it was again coming out of the bye week very sloppy for the arizona cardinals yep and this is what we talked about you gotta you gotta win the games that you're supposed to 
not just the games that you you might that you're not predicted to. So they beat the Seahawks when they weren't favored. You know they beat some good teams, uh, but you know the maturity has got to show up uh, on both sides of the football when you when you go beat a t- you know go play a team that you're you're supposed to beat like Miami like Detroit. Uh, so got to take that next step, and I think that's why you know going to the year I haven't said that Cardinals are you know shoe in for the playoffs um, as we do shoe in with Schubert who Schubert's on. Um, you know, he's on a plane right now, but, uh, yeah, he's on a plane. (laughs) Uh, but you, you gotta win the games that you're supposed to. And I think that's the next step for this Arizona Cardinals team is, is that maturity, um, to, to go wherever you are, usually like the Seahawks have been where they can travel across country and still play that same type of Seattle football, uh, as they didn't yesterday. But, uh, that's the closest thing I can compare it to. And you got to feel like you 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 missed a golden opportunity yesterday when you went in when you kicked off your football game. You knew Seattle had lost, and you you knew that you had an opportunity oh, to really make up yeah. some ground again in that division. And and you, you're not able to do it. And then waiting for you next week, coming to I should say coming to you here in Phoenix next week, uh, the Buffalo Bills that just put it to the Seattle Seahawks. That is that's going to be a tough game for the Arizona hey, Cardinals. I'll they, tell you right now, they play a sloppy surprise if the Cardinals beat the Bills, because that's how this team has done it. They, as I said, they lose to the teams they're supposed to be, and now they're going to get hyped because they just saw the Bills beat the Seahawks. They know the Seahawks are a good team. They're going to be hyped up, ready to go for that game. Now, hopefully they get Byron Murphy back and Devon Kennard. Mm -hmm. Uh, But don't be surprised if the Cardinals win that game. That's just the type of team this is. They play up and they play down, and it's because of their maturity. Bills and Seahawks are your next two. You're at uh, your home against the Bills, and then you travel to take on the uh, the Seahawks. Well, we do it every week, Jordan, on a Monday. You have your uh, you have your your weapon of choice with you. The I do. I it do. is the, the manscaped full grown man salute. We'll do that next year on No Bull with Chris Crespin and Simone, powered by Earnhardt Auto Centers and NoBull.com. Once again, I'm going to tell you about our great friends over at Earnhardt. Since 1951, nobody in the Valley has taken care of their customers more than Earnhardt Auto Centers. Go to nobull.com, click the Express tab, and you could have a car brought to your front door today, tomorrow. Set it up for when you're at home working, and uh, and you'll be good to go since 1951. It doesn't matter where you are in the Valley. Anywhere. Earnhardt has got you covered. Nobull.com. Their family has taken care of thousands of people around the valley. They've taken care of me. They're going to take care of Sean one of these days when Sean needs a, a new rig. Uh, but until then, go to nobull.com, click that express tab. Nobull.com. That ain't no bull. Well, Simone, it's that time, my friend. It's time for the manscaped, full grown man salute. That buzzing, if you're not watching the program, that's our uh, our Manscaped 3.0 Sean shaving his nuts. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> our 3.0 <laughs> lawnmowers as our Manscaped salute this week. Schubert not here, so just the two of us, which is fine. We don't need him. We don't need him. We got it covered. <laughs> so, Jordan Simone, who gets your Manscaped full-grown man salute this weekend? My Manscaped full-grown man salute is Josh Allen, who absolutely destroyed the Seattle Seahawks look I don't know if this is because the Seattle Seahawks defense is just that bad because they are or if Josh Allen is just that good I think it's a little bit of both Josh Allen completely took advantage of the terrible cover uh of, of the Seattle Seahawks defense he went 31 of 38 415 yards four touchdowns uh and had a couple of big runs during that game look really impressed with Josh Allen I don't know if you know this Crespin but 
They actually, uh, their their head coach after the game said that Josh Allen's grandma actually died the night before. I know. The game. And they gave him the um, option so to was, not play. Yeah, yeah, he decided yeah, to play. He anyway. was playing with some uh, with some wings out there, man. It was angels in the outfield for him. He looked really special. The Seahawks defense couldn't stop a nosebleed. Uh, they they are just god awful. But credit to Josh Allen, thirty one to thirty eight, four hundred fifteen yards, four touchdowns. Josh Allen, you get my manscape full grown man salute. Uh, the for the yeah. second week in a row. The second week in a row, this gentleman makes his way into the Noble with Chris Crespin and Simone. Manscaped, full-grown man salute. I think Schubert had him on his list last week. This week, he's going to get my salute. Dalvin Cook, 22 carries yesterday, 206 yards, two touchdowns. Simone, this man in the last two weeks, in the last two weeks, has 478 scrimmage yards and six touchdowns and has led the Minnesota Vikings to back-to-back wins. This is a team that was completely lost at one point this season, but because Dalvin Cook is a full-grown man, all of a sudden the Minnesota Vikings are right back on track. Dalvin Cook, we salute you. That was a long salute there. That was a long, long buzzer there. Yeah. But Dalvin Cook, 22 carries, 206 yards, two touchdowns yesterday. Had some more through the air as well. The guy was absolutely sensational. He gets my my full-grown man salute. Shout out Patrick Mahomes, who is probably now the MVP candidate leading. Uh, He threw fastest in NFL history to throw 100 touchdowns. Really impressive, dude. You don't get my salute uh, (laughs) because Josh Allen did. Mm Mm-hmm. Manscaped, use our code NOBULL for 20% off. Yeah, Manscaped. 20, 20% no off and free shipping. Uh, <laughs> check out the brand new 3.0 lawnmower that I've got in my hand right now. I'm telling you, this thing is absolutely legit. It's the truth. It's Again, this is Manscaped contacted us. We weren't locked into anything. They said, hey, let us send you some products. You guys use them. If you like them, we'll do something together. Okay, great. So they sent us some products. We used them. We believe in them. So um, we, we, we decided to partner up with Manscaped. And, and uh, How's your undercarriage looking these days dude, with I'm Manscaped? You, it's good. It's not bad. It's a game I'm changer, t- huh? I'm telling yeah. you, it's this light that's on the front. I, ca- I keep bringing this dude, up. Dude, the light's a game the changer. LED light on the top of the, of the Manscaped 3.0 lawnmower. You don't know how much you were missing. Until you know hey, uh, how much you were missing, and I'm, and I'm telling you, you, did, you didn't know that you didn't know that ball deodorant was a thing, but you didn't know how much you needed it until Bro, you actually used it. I know Saturday. Yes. Did you check? Did you use it Saturday? <laughs> no, because we. I, I will this coming Saturday. And what Jordan's referencing yeah, is you, be, being you the engineer out. for the Sun Devil Radio Network. Um, usually puts in work. Usually, I'm I'm there six hours before we're even on the air. I'm you know down the street, up and down in the stadium, all over the place. I'm a sweaty, awful mess. Well, this week we were just in the second floor of the conference room, <laughs> you know, in the at the student athletic yeah. center. So it wasn't too bad. But you betcha, the deodorant gonna get a workout this week for uh, for from Manscaped. So all their products are sensational. Manscaped.com. No bull is the promo code to use 20% off and free shipping. That's no bull. One word, all capitals, uh, 20% off and free shipping for on any purchase you make at Manscaped.com. Simone, any parting thoughts here on a Monday? Nope. If you're the Seahawks, <laughs> correct your mistakes. Mm-hmm. God help you do so. Get rid of Quentin Dunbar or tell him to, to quit being a soft ass and get up and press somebody. Uh, if you're the Sun Devils, make your corrections, move on. It's the only thing you can do. 
Yeah. Uh, I'm also, you know, I'm also going to go on uh, Manscaped, use that code Noble. I'm also going to go to Earnhardt Auto Centers and maybe test drive a new car. Out of way. Well, enjoy your rest of your Monday, my friend. And what should the people do you for too, the program? Brother. Subscribe to the show. For Please, Chris, thank you. For Chris Schubert, who is not here. For Jordan Simone, I'm Sean Crespin. Make it a great week. We'll talk to you on Wednesday.